In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, what went down on Capitol Hill on January 6th? Did President Trump actually incite violence, or is that more media spin? The media said that he told them to march on the Capitol and stop that vote count, and it's not in there. He didn't say that at all. He didn't imply that. He said, walk down Pennsylvania and, you know, help put some guts and some courage into these weak Republicans, you know, who won't back the Trump electors. And that was legitimate. But as I pointed out in the brief, the only thing provocatory, which is a common phrase, it just said, we're not going to take it anymore. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the Whistleblower Tier. And a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. 
Welcome to your Wednesday. Joel Skousen is here from World Affairs Brief. He's the editor-publisher, and uh, we'll be discussing the horrible incident in Washington, D.C., January 6th, attempts to remove President Trump from office before January 20th through either the 25th Amendment or a second impeachment, and also where the MAGA movement is headed from here. Joel Skousen, welcome back to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Just fine. It's good to be with you, Richard. Likewise. Before we get rolling, tell people how they can subscribe to World Affairs Brief. Well, the World Affairs Brief is my weekly news analysis service from an aspect of what the deep state is doing. And uh, it comes out every Friday. People can find out about how to subscribe by emailing me at editor at worldaffairsbrief.com and requesting a free sample. It tells you how to do that in the sample. All right, let's uh, dial back to a very dark day in American history, January 6th. And of course, every mainstream media outlet is uh, telling us that Trump supporters were responsible for the violence and the melee that ensued after the Trump rally. Talk to me about the role of agent provocateurs in, in that incident. Well, according to the most reliable witnesses, about 24 people that uh, in various different locations um, that were doing all the violence. And they had unique characteristics. Uh, some of them had orange hats, the ones with gas masks. And, you know, nobody brings a gas mask unless they intend to aggravate the police and get tear gas. Um, people with backpacks with had, you know, weapons like sticks or, or batons to, to hit people with and gas masks or mace or smoke bombs. These are These are people who were intending to start trouble, and they weren't Trump supporters. Um, there were at least four, um, they're not really buses, they're kind of like those um, touring vans, windows um, built on a, a truck chassis. Four of those drove in with a police escort, by the way, uh, to drop off Antifa-type people, and there was one regular tour-type bus that brought in Antifa people. Interestingly enough, the... The Trump supporters that did have helmets and some protective gear uh, on, including being armed, had been involved in the um, November 15th melee where Trump supporters at the rally in Washington were attacked by Antifa. Now, there were no such attacks this time. Interestingly, all the Antifa people showed up dressed like Trump supporters. They never attacked anybody. But that explains why you had some Trump supporters ready for bear, so to speak, with uh, protection on, and they unfortunately got caught up once the agent provocateurs had started beating on the police and breaking down doors. They got caught up and, and rushed through and climbed over the balcony and sat on Nancy Pelosi's desk and put their feet up on the desk and did all kinds of things. But uh, uh, so it, it was a mixed bag, and uh, it's it's I'm, I'm ashamed that there's enough hothead macho. Um, type Trump supporters that did participate in this, not the initial violence. In fact, a lot of Trump supporters actually fought back the people that were creating violence and trying to stop them. The media didn't show any of that, of course. In the uh, World Affairs Brief, you include a link to, uh, I guess, a PDF or an image of a flyer from an Antifa event in November the 4th, uh, where they were, well, tell us about that flyer. What did you discover? Well, the flyer was actually put out by, and it said, comrades, you know, dress up like Trump supporters for this rally and things. And uh, so it was an invitation to imitate uh, Trump supporters. And uh, we we don't have an actual image of a photo for this one, but we assume that they were going to use the same tactics, and they did. 
Right, and uh, encouraging their uh, their members, Antifa members, uh, to dress up like Trump supporters and and wear their MAGA hats on backwards, which is again what we saw January sixth. Yes. What's yes. The, what's the purpose that's of that? Well, that's so they can be recognized by police, meaning that police had to be uh, and other. Uh, agent provocateurs, so they could be, uh, so they wouldn't get into fights with them. Uh, but there were several things, like if you had a gas mask and you had one of the pink filters on it, that was an image so the police could recognize these are people not to be arrested. And it's interesting that there were a lot of uh, arrests. Um, the the list that they put out of people that they wanted based upon the images of 36 people, none of them, from what I saw in the videos, were the people that were really doing any of the damage. Now, we might assume that they're part of the 68 to 100 that were arrested. But the trouble is, once they're arrested or claimed to be arrested, the police can simply let them go and you never know, you know what happened to them. You'll never know. And that's the problem. What about the role of the, we- D- the D.C. Capitol Police? It, we've seen some videos where it seemed like they were opening the doors and, and, and in one instance, one uh, D.C. Capitol policeman seemed to be motioning for people to sort of come this way, come through these doors. You know, there's, I don't know, uh, you're not talking about the guy on the stairs, are you? Uh, the, there the was video claiming that the, the, the policeman was leading people up the stairs was not leading them up. He tried to stop them. Then he walked, ran ahead, turned around to see if they were still following him while he was radioing for help, got to the way to the top of the stairs. And uh, uh, then people got up and, and he and police, uh, you know, then uh, confronted the rest. So he was not leading the charge. That was a false video. There is a video of a, of a, of a policeman who was leading them up uh, to the balcony, uh, up to the balcony level. Uh, but we don't have you know, an image of him letting them into the balcony. They got into the balcony uh, and they got into the house chambers, you know, after they bashed down the door. Uh, We do know this, that the D.C. police uh, were understaffed that day and the D.C. police chief did make a statement before he resigned that he was trying not to have an armed present there to inflame anybody. And that was just an excuse. I think it's very obvious that the D.C. police, um, you know, didn't try to stop them from coming in. We have the video there of them at the manning the barricades and letting people in voluntarily. Now, there's another video that that has come out since then about it's uh, showing from outside the Capitol. There's a window and someone's handing out big, long sticks, weapons, you know, to be beating people with from inside the Capitol. Now, it isn't a policeman. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on in that, but... uh, Interesting. That that seems to be agent provocateurs, in my estimation. Well, there, you, you do mention in uh, this edition of World Affairs Brief, uh, witnesses, uh, Trump supporters, seeing big burly men. Uh, I think the words they used were dressed very well. Uh, in in other words, in terms of their equipment, full body armor. They disappeared right. very quickly. Uh, these are the same types of people that other witnesses saw at Antifa and BLM riots. So who are these people, do you suppose? Well, these are professional agent provocateurs, and that's why I'm not saying it's all BLM and Antifa people. Those are kind of ruffians. They're communists generally. uh, um, But these are not communists. These are are actual higher ex-military people covered, uh, you know, with the deep state. I covered uh, during one of the uh, BLM riots, uh, 
this guy, you know, all covered in black with a black ski mask on and then with a big stick in his mouth. And he would look around, make sure anybody was watching and then bash a window and then walk down and bash another window. And he was clearly, clearly just out there to do damage. And that's the same kind of people that were with us there. Uh, let's talk about this. He's become kind of this iconic figure in the mainstream media. The, the, he's uh, wearing these buffalo horns and he's decked out in uh, looks like sort of patriot type attire. Uh, he's been identified as Jake Angeli. Who is Jake Angeli? Well, that's interesting because the police report gives him another name now. I don't have it right off the hand, but Jake Angeli has been seen, whatever his name was then, at an Arizona rally and a Pennsylvania rally for BLM and Antifa wearing that same outfit. And he's got the weirdest tattoo, including child pedophilia tattoos on his skin. I mean, this is not a Trump supporter. This is a, uh, you know, clearly either an agent provocateur or somebody who's really on the weird side. But uh, he was the one who sat in the speaker's chair and, you know, had the American flag. But clearly... Uh, someone who's been uh, anti-right before at other things, uh, I think that's an agent provocateur. I don't know that you mentioned John Sullivan in in your brief, but he's been, I don't know if that he's an officially a member of BLM. He's kind of a an activist journalist. He's been president and a number of uh, BLM uh, events, shall we say. Yeah, he's a real radical. He's a radical from Utah. And he was there present when they were bashing down the door to get into the, the house chamber. He was present when uh, Miss Babbitt was shot, which was stupid to climb through a door when officers are pointing their weapon at you and saying they're going to shoot if you come through, and she came through, but they had no reason to shoot. I covered that in the brief. I mean, she was unarmed. You could be easily overpower her with all those guys. No, no reason to shoot at all. What do you think will be the result of that investigation? Oh, I think they'll whitewash. They'll, they'll say he was justified by the heat of the moment. Um, they'll, they'll never... I don't think they'll ever uh, charge him with anything. So the actual Trump rally, the speech that preceded the uh, the melee on Capitol Hill, of course, the mainstream media, the Democrats are are claiming that the president was inciting violence. Uh, like you, I, I watched the speech. I read the transcript. There's certainly no question that he was, uh, I suppose, stirring passions, uh, which, you know, all good speeches do. Uh, but I didn't see anything in there that could be seen as an incitement to violence. No, the media said that he told them to march on the Capitol and stop that vote count. And he, it's not in there. He didn't say that uh, at all. He didn't imply that. He said, walk down Pennsylvania and, you know, help put some guts into the and some courage into these weak Republicans you know, who won't. Uh, uh, won't back the Trump electors, and uh, and that was legitimate. Uh, but as I pointed out in the brief, the only thing provocatory, which is a common phrase, it just said we're not going to take it anymore. Now, we're not going to take it anymore means that we're not going to take this blackballing or this evasion and diversion of the election fraud and uh, that's been going on, of course, in the media and the courts and everybody else. Uh, uh, so, you know, when you have some hotheads and some militia types, uh, um, you know, who are carrying weapons, you're not going to take it anymore. Clearly, that's, you know, kind of a provocation. And in fact, I spoke to, or I didn't speak to, but I saw the interview with the guy who was standing next to Miss Babbitt, who got shot. And he was explaining that we were just trying to get into the chambers so that we could put pressure on these 
representatives. You know, he was basically saying we were trying to do what Trump wanted to do, get in there and actually talk to them and, and give them some, you know. And so it played into their hands clearly, uh, you know, and there were too, way too many Trump supporters that violated, trespassed, uh, you know, and hauled away lecterns and other stupid things that weren't agent provocateurs. They got caught up in the moment. The guy who was hanging by one hand off of the balcony as he was jumping down said, He's been arrested now, and he said, I just got caught up in the moment. I wasn't thinking. And I'm afraid that was true. It's all too true. And of course, though, it, it played very much into the hands of the Democrats. It seemed like going into January oh, 6th, absolutely. there was a great amount of momentum. I don't know that there would have been uh, uh, you know, enough objections to the uh, Electoral College count, but there was momentum building. Uh, and and then it all just ended after the uh, the vote on Arizona. This is exactly what the Dems wanted, right? Well, that's right. It's what I predicted. I said it would happen on the vote on Arizona. Uh, I I didn't predict that this would happen, but I said the the denial of the objections. Now, it doesn't matter how many hundreds of uh, people or how many senators you have. It only takes one or two. It only took one now since they 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 stole the election of the two Georgia senators in Georgia. We have documentation of how they made votes, 32,400 votes disappear from uh, David Perdue. That should never happen. Where votes go down, uh, they took away votes right there on the TV screen. But that meant that it only took Mitt Romney to say no, and it would be over. You know, you would just, and, and, and I'm surprised, in fact, because one of the purposes of this violence was to make sure that nobody had the courage to object anymore so that it would just be a slam dunk. And to their credit, a dozen, uh, you know, still continued to uh, to say this was fraud and we will not uh, vote for the uh, Biden electors. But it was overwhelmed, and so now it's a done deal, and the courts will use that to dismiss all the other election fraud cases and say it's uh, the, the Electoral College has spoken, so it's now a moot case. That's what I'm predicting. What are your thoughts on uh, rumblings that those – that voted uh, to to object the uh, the dozen senators the 140 plus I'm not sure what the number was it may have gone up to 168 House Republicans that were going to vote to object uh, rumblings that they should all be uh, basically kicked out of Congress oh I know it's just the most extreme reaction and and that's the entire purpose of this really is to uh, it's like uh, David Klein of, uh, of uh, I think it's CNN said, uh, uh, the uh, the news director said, you know, it's easy enough to get rid of Trump, but, you know, we need to get rid of all the Trump supporters. And this is to blacken all of them as terrorists, domestic terrorists. And a lot of people on the media that day used that word. This was domestic terrorism. Now, it isn't terrorism at all. Terrorism is against innocent civilians. There are no innocent civilians attacked here. So to apply the terrorism... Thing. You know, this may be a, an insurrection if it were real, but, you know, it just was not agent provocateurs. Now, uh, you know, one congressman, um, uh, Matt, uh, I forgot his last name. Uh, Gates? Yes, yes. He, he got up and said, you know, there were, he didn't use agent provocateurs that he should have, but he said there were Antifa and BLM people that were doing the violence. And, uh, you know, the Democrats booed that and Republicans nodded their head. At least somebody had the courage to say it openly on the House floor. It didn't get any coverage in the media, uh, but uh, it was uh, it was courageous to actually get that word out. So 
Now, what of uh, Pelosi's efforts to uh, invoke Amendment 25, to have Trump kicked out of office in his remaining few days uh, under Amendment 25? Well, explain what Amendment 25 is exactly. Well, Amendment 25 is a means of when a president becomes incapacitated, either mentally or physically, for him to be removed and the vice president to be put in his place. And it has to be initiated by the vice president and 50% of the cabinet uh, members. Um, And I don't think there's a chance that that's going to go through. Pence isn't going to do that. Now, Pence is a weak kneed uh, person who, you know, gave a fist bump for Nancy Pelosi, a speaker. Uh, He's just playing, you know, politics and trying to be as comfortable as he can with the opposition. He's not a real fighter, never has been. Uh, but he's not going to go along with this. You know, Pelosi and Schumer called him up when uh, during this thing and wanted him to invoke this based upon, uh, and, and a lot of this was based upon leaks from Trump aides and staff who were talking about Trump is a monster. He is unreachable. He's mentally locked into this. And they were saying all these mental things. They were part of this conspiracy to build the case that Trump was mentally incompetent uh, to, to be president. And, of course, Nancy Pelosi is saying, well, he's inciting, uh, you know, to riot and so has to be prosecuted. <clears throat> and when Pence refused to do this, uh, now they made a formal um, proposal in the House of Representatives, which was uh, which was contested because it was done without debate, you know, to uh, formally call president on President Vice President Trump to invoke the 25th Amendment. And he's not going to do it. So they're going to go ahead with impeachment. Um, David Horowitz says uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, there just isn't enough time. Uh, and Mitch McConnell will not take it up in the Senate. Uh, Schumer doesn't take over the Senate until January 20th, and Mitch McConnell won't take it up, won't vote on it. So it may not happen. But clearly their purpose in impeaching Trump is they want to add to the impeachment the option of banning them forever from federal office so that it cannot run in 2024. That's their purpose. Is is there also a possibility uh, beyond the beyond that reason, and also just the symbolic reason of you know further condemning this prime or this president, that Pelosi and others are concerned what Trump might do in his remaining time in office vis-a-vis declassifying certain documents? No, because um, none of the DOD or military, anybody will follow through even if, order, if Trump orders it declassified. He's ordered declassification before and the, and the Department of Justice said baloney and hasn't done it. Isn't that and, sedition? Uh, I mean, um, not really. It's, it's uh, you know, Trump should fire them if they don't and immediately put, but the problem is, you, you know, you have, I mean, he can direct any of these declassifications and he doesn't know that his lawyers are working against him. They keep telling him, you can't do this. You can't do this. And Trump has no background to contest that. He has, he takes their word. He doesn't like it, but they tell him you can't do this on your own. You have to wait. The department of justice is independent of the presidency and it's not independent. It's not independent. It works under him. He can fire anybody in the department of justice and he can, uh, you know, order, he can go right down the line until he finds somebody who will obey his orders and declassify that stuff. And uh, Trump can say, bring it to my office, and he can give it to the press. He can give it to 
the right wing press to make sure it gets published. Shields That's up. what Trump could Sounds do. Sounds like something out of Star Trek. In fact, it's a great new special for my friends at GetTheTea.com. The Shields Up special includes one bottle of pre and probiotic, one bottle of coral seed, and one package of Life Change Super Tea. You get a two-month supply of the pre and probiotic. Pro and prebiotics contain organic Jerusalem artichoke. Probiotics boost your immune system, support overall gastrointestinal health, healthy blood pressure levels, healthy cholesterol levels, and benefits your overall wellness. It helps to control the balance of healthy and harmful bacteria and may aid in calcium metabolism. You get a two-month supply of Coral C. Coral C is coral calcium plus vitamin C. Coral minerals provide all natural health benefits. Calcium and minerals are needed for every vital function of your body, from pumping your heart to cell division to DNA replication, and can help with alkalizing your body. Vitamin C is required for the proper development and function of many parts of the body. And the Shields Up special from Get The Tea gets you a one-month supply of Super Strength Tea. Super Strength Tea benefits great digestion and may aid in boosting your immune system and may help cleanse your body from unwanted intruders. Start feeling rejuvenated right now. Get your pre and probiotic, your Coral C and your Life Change Super Tea. The Shields Up special from GetTheTea.com. Order yours today and use the code UNLIMITED and your order ships absolutely free. It's the Shields Up special from GetTheTea.com. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again. I don't know what that means. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Joel Skousen from World Affairs Brief is here. We're discussing the violence on Capitol Hill on January 6th and the future of the MAGA movement. Looking back over the last four years, seeing what Trump was up against, you know, drain the swamp. Do you think even he had a clue as to how deep the swamp is? Not only did he not have a clue, didn't understand, he couldn't react properly when he found out who was deep state. When James Comey, you know, obviously became deep state, who did he replace him with? Christopher Wray, who's deep state. Why? Because Trump doesn't know how to determine who's deep state and who not. And how do you do that? You have to go back in their background and make sure that they haven't been involved in any cover-up of government, whether it's JFK assassination, Vince Foster murder, or the 9-11 thing, or... Any of these major cover-ups, which are provable, you see who participated in it, and sure enough, who do you find? You got Bill Barr involved in Iran Gate and all the drug things, and, and Ruby Ridge. Bill Barr was involved in that cover-up. Um, Brett Kavanaugh was involved in uh, the Vince Foster murder cover-up. So even though he's a conservative jurist, he's deep state. And uh, Christopher Ray was involved in the uh, 9/11 cover-up. So was uh, Robert Mueller. He never should have been. Uh, uh, qualified to be special counsel. And so that's the problem that we're facing is that Donald Trump 
came into this presidency without any experience, without knowing any conservatives, so he had to rely on the Republican establishment for all his appointees, and that's why it's filled with deep state people leaking all the time. And I'm on the uh, phone. Oh, I'm on the phone. <laughs> Go ahead. That's okay. Um, so, even at this late date, there are are still some within the the Trump camp. General Michael Flynn and others who are still holding on to this this hope this this conviction that that after January 20th somehow some way President Trump will still be the president why do they still think that because there is an overwhelming surge in disinformation agents coming out of government saying and telling them these things and, you know, these people are good people. They are not on the other side. General Friend's fine. So is McInerney. So is Sidney Powell. Uh, uh, Lynn Wood is the subject of more disinformation than ever. He got a piece of disinformation that the deep state was going to assassinate Trump and kill all the Trump supporters. And <laughs> just beyond, I mean, how could you ever repeat that in a tweet? It's so fantastic, so ridiculous. Uh, but... Even Jerome Corsi of World Net Daily has, who was, was on this, was, you know, had insiders talking and says, you know, we're going to make sure that Trump's, uh, we're going to get this deep state people. And none of these have ever said that because when they talk to them, they say, don't, don't quote us, you know, and uh, they probably don't even give them, give them a name when they claim to be insiders. But let me make this clear for your, uh, for your listeners. There hasn't been a single patriot within military or U.S. intelligence at a decision-making level. That doesn't mean at the lower level where you have normal guys developing and processing information, but at the decision-making level, who gets to authorize and, and talk to the president and pass this on, there isn't a single patriot hasn't been since JFK. And so I, I'm getting inundated with YouTube from people claiming that they have insider contacts assuring us that Trump is going to win. I think uh, General Flynn, he, you know, he was interviewed by Alex Jones, and I was waiting for Alex Jones because I know Alex Jones is skeptical of this. I've talked to him. I've been on the show several times that you know Trump's not going to get through. They're, in fact, uh, Alex has to introduce me as the person who's always been right about this. But I said, Alex, why didn't you ask Flynn? Where do you get this? That Trump, that you're a hundred percent sure, and he said, out of ten, out of ten, there's a ten that Trump is going to make. He should have pressed him. Where? Who are you talking to? Who's giving you this information? Don't you understand the power of the deep state? The same thing with McInerney. The same thing with with Sidney Powell. They're being fed a bill of goods, which keeps this false hope up. And you know, Jerome Corsi has just given up. He he said on coast to coast. He told George Norton, "I'm out of this. I'm through." Uh, I just don't have anywhere to go now. I might even be arrested, he said. This thing has just blown up in my face. Uh, he said, Corsi Nation is dead now. I'm going home quitting. I mean, that's how devastated you get when you get fooled by disinformation agents. Right. And that's the plague right. in our movement. The left don't seem content with having won the White House and both chambers of Congress and soon perhaps the courts, if they pack the courts. They, of course, have de for decades control all of the major cultural institutions, academia, the mainstream media, they don't seem content even with that. Now it seems like they're out for revenge. Um, and so maybe J Jerome Corsi's fears are well-founded. What do you think? 
Well, it's, it could be that they're out for revenge. They clearly want the movement destroyed. And in order to destroy it, you've got to embarrass it with wrong claims, false conspiracy claims. I mean, I'm a champion of true conspiracy. But I also point out when there's false conspiracy, like I am with all of these claims by these so-called insiders. If I've told people, and I've even told Alex Jones' audience, look, here's the proof. The NSA spies on everything, all every email, every telephone conversation, they monitor everybody in government. There's no way anybody could be talking out of school, being a patriot, talking to Alex Jones, talking to General Flynn, talking to General McInerney without the NSA knowing it and shutting them down within a day. And the fact that Q keeps putting this stuff out and these people keep talking means they are working for the deep state because otherwise the deep state would shut them down. You can't tell me they can't find these people if they were real patriots. Still, the there must be a smoking gun out there. I mean, and I'm I'm assuming that that you be, that believe that the election was in fact fraudulent. That there was widespread orchestrated uh, election fraud uh, as opposed to Absolutely. voter fraud. So does Absolutely. does that smoking gun exist, and who might have it? Well, it does exist, but you know, there's another piece of disinformation out about the Italian connection. Yes that's come out in the last few days. But let me tell you, first of all, the smoking gun and the proof came out in the Edison data. That was that was packed into by several people on the New York Times website. They got a hold of the Edison data that is where all the voting machine numbers are compiled. It doesn't tell who's sending it in unless you have, you know, deeper access. But what access they had, they could tell exactly where Trump lost votes, where they were switched, They could get the numbers, the dates, the times, and they analyzed that, and they could tell when the ballot dumps occurred. All of that happened. And what that did, from the Edison data, you could have the quantity of fraud. In none of the lawsuits of Sidney Powell or Rudy Giuliani, you just talked about the potential irregularities because of not following the rules and doing this and that. But the judges were always able to dismiss those cases by saying you have not presented any evidence that would indicate that the results of the election would be overturned because there was no quantitative data of fraud. And that was available. That was available. And Sidney Powell got diverted from the good stuff by all of the stuff about Dominion and Venezuela and Smartmatic and things. And, uh, you know, she went off on this rail about foreign interference. But the fact that Dominion is in Canada or that there was a Venezuelan connection smart doesn't mean foreign interference. It means the deep state was working in Venezuela, out of Canada, using surge, uh, uh, servers in Germany, uh, but it was all deep state. And going to the Italian connection now, first of all, this was not the Italian government, so this is not foreign intervention. This is an Italian contractor, Leonardi, SPC, and... Uh, uh, they run a satellite service. And the whistleblower from Leonardo is saying that Leonardo was tasked by, by Dominion to do vote switching and other things, and it just doesn't make sense. First of all, you don't need the satellite upload. You don't need to even send it to Germany. You didn't send it to anywhere, even in the United States, you need to do the vote flipping um, and other things, because they were all connected to the internet. You didn't have to go to Germany. You didn't have to upload it to a satellite. Uh, and you didn't have to use a supercomputer to do this switching. And there's so many indications that this is a bogus story, perhaps meant to take the heat off Dominion and to perhaps enliven the, the, the 
the Trump supporters into saying, oh, yeah, use that executive order about election inter- foreign interference. That'll do the job. You can declare an emergency now. You know, there's, so, there's a lot of phony stuff about this Italian. I saw a video today about an Italian judge who can hardly speak English. He's reading in broken English a script. You can see his eyes moving, you know, broken, halteringly. He's reading a statement about witnesses before him, you know, certifying that the U.S. Uh, embassy called Leonardo and got them to do a Ford Dominion, etc. Listen, live sitting judges don't ever get before a camera and reveal what happened in their courtroom. It just doesn't happen in any country of the world. This is a setup, you know, to to inflame something, but it's it's got a lot of marks of a bogus story. What do you think is going to happen to Sidney Powell? Dominion is, is suing her for $1.5 billion. Well, the problem is that for her now to to get fraud, you can't do it because Dominion cleansed their machines when you did the Antrim, uh, Michigan uh, forensic thing by Allied Security. They said the log had been removed from the computer. So there was no way to prove, you know, how many votes they could prove open doors and other things and flaws in the system. But you see, that doesn't prove election fraud. So they, they may have a case against her uh, because she, she's probably not going to be able to prove it because you don't have... You see, Trump made a major mistake by not using federal power. And, you know, states are run by elections. And even Rand Paul said, I'm not going to vote against the electors because this is a state's right. The states have the complete right to run the election any way they want. And if they want to certify this, then we have to allow it. Well, I don't believe that's a good interpretation because the states that true are in charge of the election are held at the state level. But when you have a federal election involved, the federal authorities have to have, by assumption, an authority to intervene if there's fraud there. And I think Trump could have used federal authority to declare an emergency and direct, now the, the part of justice or the FBI probably wouldn't have done it, even if he had told them to, but he should have gone and sequestered all the machines and the ballots, and then done a federal audit of the ballots rather than leave it to the states. Because when you left, left it to the states in Georgia, for example, Raffensperger, the Secretary of State's on the other side, uh, in fact, they put in Dominion voting machines because the former chief of staff of Governor Kemp used to is, now works as a lobbyist for Dominion, and that had something to do with putting Dominion machines in there. Uh, but Raffensperger refused to do a, um, a, a ballot validation, meaning checking it against the registered voters to detect any ballots. He did it in one county where there was no fraud, and then he refused to do it in Fulton County where the uh, State Farm Arena fiasco took place. The uh, you know election workers telling the uh, poll watchers to go home, and then they pulled out these four suitcases underneath the table covered with a black cloth, and proceeded to count ballots. I mean, that's a felony. And you know, Richard, nobody's been indicted or prosecuted for that. Not surprised. Not a single person. Not surprised. Not sadly, a single person. And it's on tape. It's a it's a it's a perfect proof. But it's just gone away, and no, no one in the media is asking Georgia or General what happened to those voters. Have they been prosecuted? Nobody's asking the Attorney General of Georgia. It's just uh, what I'm going to. What I'm telling your listeners is, you've just got a front row seat on the biggest fraud in American history, pulled off by the deep state, and it's going on before your very eyes. The election fraud, the Capitol Hill uh, 
uh, violence and the agent provocateurs, now the impeachment of Trump. Wake up, people. We are living in a conspiratorial world where the deep state controls the workings of this government. And I'll tell you, I don't think we'll ever win another election because this election fraud has not been overturned. Dominion voting machines will still be in use. What's going to happen to Donald Trump after he leaves office? Well, Donald Trump wisely is going to leave instead of you know doing something rash, which would just, you know, the Democrats would love to throw him in jail for something rash. He's intending to run in 2024. And I'll be frank with you. I don't think that would be good for the movement. I don't think Donald Trump is going to know any more in 2024 about the deep state than he does now because he lives by briefings. And where are you going to get it? He watches television. You're not going to get conspiracy on Fox News. It's not going to be there, even from Tucker Carlson, who's the only decent you know, commentator on there. But um, I just think it's bad for the movement. And part of the reason for uh, enlivening the Trump support into believing these phony you know, stories coming from Donald Trump is going to save us and drain the swamp is to keep people tied to, to Trump so that no legitimate conservative leader who knows about conspiracy can ever rise to take his place. If not Trump, who would you like to see lead the, uh, let's call it the MAGA movement or the Patriot movement in 2022? Well, the only one that really is, is at the top of the heap right now is Ted Cruz. And frankly, I don't trust Ted Cruz to really champion things. He's capable of he's a lawyer. He's capable of, uh, of fighting things, of grilling people on the stand, but he doesn't follow through on anything that has conspiracy attached to it. And that's what we need. And I don't know of any politician, even Ron Paul, will not broach the topic of conspiracy. The most principled libertarian conservative that we've had in Congress, he won't touch it because he knows he'll be crucified. So, we so have, I don't have an answer for that. We have, I'll tell you. Yeah. Yes. No, you go ahead. I'll tell you, we... We have some um, some backing to provide to start a new conservative network. We desperately need something, you know, that is more accessible to mainstream people than Alex Jones and more reliable because it will talk about conspiracy and you know real evidence than uh, the Fox News. And um, you know, we need a broad-based approach that will bypass the media blackout and. Uh, do an internet TV thing all day long. We'll do everything from advice on homeschooling to, uh, you know, survival recipes to talking about uh, guns and ammunition and uh, gardening and survival culture and good nutrition and how to discipline your children and as well as all the conspiratorial documentaries that need to be shown uh, without being taken off the air. And, you know, the problem is now Parlay, or Parlor, as many people call it, has been taken off the air. Not only by Apple and Google won't allow the app to be sold, but now Amazon has taken it off its servers. And that's a big deal because there aren't but two or three companies that have enough servers to handle the kind of traffic of Twitter, Facebook, and, and Parler, or Parlay. And, um, and so Gab was, happened to Gab, for example, and they built now slowly their own system of servers, and so they're going to be independent of that, but Parlay is going to have to do that if they want to survive. Interesting that, interesting, uh, and it's sad commentary that uh, a number of years ago, Apple refused to open the phones of the uh, the San Bernardino gunmen for to yeah. authorities, and yet yeah. they were so quick yeah. to shut down Parler. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joel, how do we subscribe to World Affairs Brief? 
Well, it's uh, as I said, it comes out on Friday. It costs forty-eight dollars a year, about a dollar a week. So my perspective is unique in the world. There's nobody else who probably knows more about the deep state and its workings than I do. And so, if you want that kind of point of view every week on what's coming in the world, you can go to WorldAffairsBrief.com and hit the red subscribe button. If you want a free sample issue, as it says on that web page, just email me at editor at WorldAffairsBrief.com and I will send you the current issue about this Capitol Hill violence. Joel, thank you so much. Uh, be be well. We need you now more than ever. Thank you so much. Always good to be with you, Richard. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments to share a few details about an upcoming episode. Here's a resolution for 2021. Reduce stress and enhance your immune system. ESS-60 from C60 Evo. C60 is the carbon-60 molecule known to deliver more than 172 times the power of vitamin C, 172 times. ESS-60 is the purest form of C60, a known antiviral, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory remedy that works. ESS-60 neutralizes free radicals from cell metabolization and external toxins to help minimize inflammation and maximize detoxification. Further, people report better sleep, more energy, and renewed mental clarity when they take our ESS-60 organic oil. To order your miracle molecule ESS-60, click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes for this podcast, or go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Buy now and save 10% by using the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Again, use the coupon code EVRS at checkout. Coming up next time, a privacy consultant and author discusses how to reclaim your digital, financial, and lifestyle freedom. A lot of people, when they ask for privacy advice, they want that one magical product or program or legal structure or advisor that will make everything perfect and private in their lives with the snap of their fingers. Not only is that not how it works, but it's actually impossible. And that's because privacy is inherently decentralized. Anytime you rely on something outside of yourself, you're sacrificing ownership of that information. And so it's really important to practice the fundamentals above all. So a big thing, obviously, is to stop giving out your information. Your home address should never leave your lips or ever be connected to your name. I'm not being extreme about this, Richard. You know, use PO boxes, digital delivery, Uber around the corner instead of to and from your house, etc. And just start thinking about how you expose your data and start plugging the leaks at the source. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats, we need. We need constant petting. <laughs> <laughs>